Welcome to Open All Ours, the QPR podcast. I'm David Fraser. I am joined, as usual, by three other Queen's Park Rangers fans. Um, today, we, we're recording um, two days after the win against Cardiff and the 50th celebrations of the League Cup. So we have lots and lots and lots to go through. The list is long and we have what, we, what, what should be a fantastic interview in the middle of the show. But before we do all that, let me introduce my fellow podcasters. So... Um, founder, co-founder of the QPR podcast, Chris Charles. Hello. Hello, Chris. <laughs> Hello. And we have made that sound l- like it hasn't been cut and stitched together and yeah. that this wasn't the third attempt at us starting the podcast. Exactly. I, you're fresh back from the Bernabeu. I am indeed, yes. Home yeah. of Real Madrid. Yeah, I went, I had Whistle Stop Tour Wednesday night, got a friend who lives out there. Um, and yeah, it's not, not a bad game. Three all, Bale sent off, two late goals from Ronaldo. Um, but I was glad to be back at a proper football ground on Saturday. Yes, indeed. Also, Mark Davis. Hello. Welcome back. Second time. Second time, yeah. Um, and for reference and context, season ticket holder where? Uh, Block BL. Block BL. Yeah, and I think it's now 20 years now. It's my 20th anniversary. Way, well done. So it's been a while. Congratulations. Thank and you. And... Welcoming back for your fifth appearance. Uh, yeah, I think so. Fifth appearance, which means five. we are inducting you into the uh, Forever Mount. Open All Ours Club. Um, <laughs> is um, Henry Lloyd Hughes? Thank you very much. Storyteller. Separate, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, nah. Modern day bard. Modern, no. Actor. Uh, in betweeners. Harry Potter. An Indian summers actor. Henry Lloyd Hughes. And True. and season ticket holder in R Block. R Block. Our block. Have you got uh, anything else in the pipeline at the moment? Um, uh, like in terms of sporting wise or career wise? Uh, career wise. I'm doing a TV. I'm doing a TV series for uh, a place called the United States of America. Oh right. Um, and it's about William Shakespeare. So if that's your bag, that's good. I'm yeah. your man. You, you need to update your Wikipedia page. I know, oh, obviously. I literally people, never even people, looked at my people, Wikipedia page. I know, I know people <laughs> pretend they don't update their own Wikipedia page, but you need to. You, you need to do. Know, it. You should go on um, IMDb or whatever. There are other services. Services available that have um, up to, or just um, you should just text me every day. Yeah. <laughs> just, te- just text me every day and just ask me what I'm up to. Um, and a new I'm, father. A new father. Yeah, Congratulations. Exactly. That's what I thought you Congratulations. were getting. Um, I have birthday uh, mini hoop or a micro hoop, depending on um, uh, the correct terminology. And do we have all the necessary baby grows and bits I dribble for QPR? And, yeah, all that good. The classics. But it's going to be problematic because my wife is a gooner, so. Well, the no, war, the war starts. starts no, here. no competition at the, the moment, PR campaign. <laughs> no, no, I know. I mean, true. It's true. It's true. Uh, everything to play for. Well, uh, a lot to talk about tonight. Um, so many things have happened in the last few days, and we also have uh, the the actual QPR legend that is um, Roger Morgan on the phone a bit later. Um, so we, yeah, we'll, we'll do that once we once we've got through sort of half of our agenda, which I will go on to in one minute after I've done the usual, which is remind everyone that you can follow us on Twitter at QPR Pod. Um, you can listen to our old episodes at QPRPod.co.uk, and we're on Facebook. Thank you very much tonight, 
Uh, the beers are on James Durnford, apart from Henry's, because he brought his own. Um, <laughs> but thanks, James. But thanks, James. I'll just get the cash in an envelope. I'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, James is based in Hong Kong. Our sponsor is Miguel Martinez, who, who sounds like a beer, but he's from Paddington now. He's originally from Paddington, but based in Leeds, and he's our podcast sponsor. Thank you very much to everyone for their support. If you want to support the podcast, go on our website, QPR Pod, click on the support the show button. Right. Cardiff. Let's talk about the actual game, not the occasion. Well, we can, we'll talk about both. Chris, you are, you've obviously had time today before you had to take your daughter to ballet <laughs> to write some notes on the game. So why don't you start? I only write notes because I'm getting so old, I just forget everything. So I just have to, I even have to have notes around the house to remind me what to do. So, I hear you, I feel um, you. But yeah, I, I mean, yeah, let's not pretend, particularly first half, it wasn't particularly, uh, it wasn't the best for game of football I've ever seen. Um, I think we were, there was too many players competing for the same positions. I think Goss and Hall were sort of in the way of each other yes. a bit. Um, but... I think, you know, what, what's struck me the last few games is, I mean, if we'd have been 1-0 down at half-time three months ago, then it would have been quite a poisonous atmosphere at Loftus Road. But I think the crowd, you know, you still get the usual suspects who are shouting stuff out, but generally the crowd stayed with the team mm. um, and I think helped them over the line in the end. So that was, that was really encouraging. And I think really we, arguably on top in the first half, I mean, the, the, there was three pigeons camped in the Cardiff box for most of the game. So you, I, you I saw those pigeons and they were not moved. No, so there <laughs> clearly wasn't that much action, but it was a great header um, and not much you could do about that. They, they were staging a coup. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's very Mark. Mark. That's terrible. I can't follow that. Well, I, I think there was, that was a game we would have lost earlier in the season. Uh, you know, I, I think I... I refer to it as we almost out Warnocked a Warnock team. <laughs> I like that. Um, uh, and yeah, the first half was poor, wasn't it? I think one mistake from uh, from someone not tracking their biggest threat at a corner mm-hmm. led to a goal. Um, and, and those mistakes happen. I think it was Hall that was supposed to be picking up the big fellow, and uh, and and you could see Bad by enough. his yeah. that's it, you could see by his reaction afterwards that he wasn't particularly happy with it but no they were the games we would have lost and it's good to actually now be in a position that we can grind the team out a, a result out and uh, and win it I mean there was there are a number of things that I think we learnt on, on Saturday that we perhaps didn't know I think if you wanted to understand why Ravel hasn't been in the squad recently I think you think we know. found out yeah um, you know he, he he clearly needs to be on Yeni's weight loss <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Regime, and if you wondered where Carl Henry was, um, Rabbi Morrison's eaten him. <laughs> so, um, so you know, I think he needs to do a bit more work. I think Goss looks like a good prospect. You know, he—I don't think he had a the first twenty minutes. He didn't—he didn't find one of his own players with a pass. He needs conditioning to the championship, I think. But he, I think he'll be a good player in time. Mm. Uh, he just needs to, to I, toughen up. A I bit. think um, this I'm was in Clive's sold, report. I'm not sold on him. Goss has not played ninety minutes of no. professional football in his life. He's 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 never he never played for Man United, and he's played ten minutes for us and whatever it was on Saturday. But don't hour. you think that maybe we're still uh, there's a hangover of the kind of class of ninety two itis that anyone who comes from yes. the Man U yes. youth academy you just like they get a free pass straight to the front of the queue. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he looks a good player. Maybe, though. Yeah, I think you can see that he's been brought up in that academy because some of the things he was trying. Were perhaps suited to a Man United under twenty three game, right? 
and you can't get away with that against a Neil Warnock team mm. in the Championship. Mm. When he hardens up a mm. bit, I think he'll be a good player. Mm. Mm. Henry, how did you find Saturday? Well, I think that it was, I, I agree with you that it was the kind of game that we would have lost previously. I mean, the scene was set for me. I, I, I've been away because you know I just had a baby, so because you're a storyteller. Because uh, I'm yeah. a storyteller, I've yeah. been away telling um, bedtime stories. Yeah, and. Um, <laughs> And uh, so it's my first Just game for in- context, before we started recording, this is what we jokingly referred to as, as an actor. It doesn't translate our joke, but, well, no, but this I is was, what I'm I taking was the mick out of Henry you when being I say a dodgy it. entrepreneur. Yes, exactly. And you describe me as a dodgy storyteller. Yes. Um, but but uh, the scene was set because I considered it throwing off the curse of the. Uh, Cardiff of, of the 2003, Car- of 2003 yeah. where I was there because you've got the white shirts mm. you've got Cardiff at home you've got Neil Warnock I mean I, as soon as I sat down in my seat I said I saw Junior Hoylet come up on the thing I said well he's going to score a hat-trick yeah. Abs- yeah. absolutely guaranteed to score a hat-trick he played him in up front he played him he looked like he played him centre forward which I thought was a bit strange well, he didn't. He didn't do much. Uh, uh, well, he did what what he did for most of the time. Yeah, exactly. PR. He, <laughs> Which was he, not he, a lot. He sort of uh, looked like he was going to do something, but then actually didn't. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, the the you know, I just thought it was all destined for us to completely commit Harry Kiri, and yet somehow we didn't do that. And I and I think you know, since I've not been at many games, the atmosphere does seem to have softened in in the stadium in a good way, um, and the. I thought, you know, it wasn't rocking, but neither was it demonstratively bad. And therefore, you probably take that as on balance. Um, And we managed to string a kind of attritional footballing performance together, which weirdly is what we did a lot of under Warnock. (laughs) Um, Talking of Warnock, he described us as a long ball team. Yeah, I mean, he's got a point to an extent. I mean, if you've got a six-foot, six-inch striker, then the tendency is to knock it up to him and look for the knockdowns. But then you look at our first goal. I mean, there was nothing long no. ball about that, was no, there? No, at all. Um, and, and really, you've you've got to play to your strengths. I mean, we're, we're, we're still... I, I do think we're safe. I, I thought we were safe a few weeks ago, if truth be told. But really, we're, we're, we are still scrapping to get the amount of points Oh, we've got to get two wins out of 11. Yeah, but I mean, you know, so I mean, basically... But, but it, you know, based on last year, someone will prove me wrong because this is from memory, but from last year, the points total was low and you only needed 42 to stay up last year, yeah. I believe. So we're there. A couple more wins and I think we'll be fine. But Warnock's comments about the long ball is just Warnock being Warnock. <laughs> you know, and, and that's exactly why, you know, fans of teams that Warnock have managed love him and fans of teams that he hasn't managed hate him. Well, you say that, um, but I took my father-in-law home after the game, and he was in the away end because he's a lifelong Cardiff fan. Which, And he always says that we're a long ball team, and he always says we're dirty, and so you have to discount that. But the first thing he said was exactly the same comment. You just lump it up to Smith. Is that true, or is that just a bit lazy because you've got a big target, man? No. I think I think it's unfair. I think you, you look at you look at the goals that we scored. They weren't Route One goals. No. Uh, and yes, look, you know, if you, if you have a big lump up front like Smith, and he does that job very well, if you're under pressure, you're going to. 
put it up to him and hope that he holds it up. That's what all he's teams. He's so have big. I kept on thinking like the aspect ratio of the game <laughs> was wrong. <laughs> Every time he ran up the end, I said, "What? Am I sitting? Am I? my seats got closer?" <laughs> he actually does something with it though. There's so many of those strikers that they get their head to the ball and it's random where it ends up. And what a head! Yeah, I mean he's got a huge head. He's got. A huge, yeah, he, he he's useful. He's useful at corners as well, defending them. He's, he's, we like what we see. Well, he was at centre-back at towards in five minutes of injury time, quite where five minutes came from, but he, he ended up playing centre-half right at the end. He's, he's, he's a good player. It's unfair to just refer to him just as a, someone who's there for the long ball. I think people do that with all big strikers, don't they? It was also extremely satisfying quite how lucky our, goal, our winning goal was, which I didn't realise at the time. I think everybody thought it was clean in the back of the net, but it wasn't. It was almost nodded on, going nowhere, and it did, and it ricocheted off the defenders. Yeah. Into it, came, the net. it came up on my BBC Sport app as a own goal. Yeah, so yeah, even though I watched it, yeah. I was like, he scored. But it it's so up. much more satisfying to beat Cardiff, luckily. <laughs> than, it, than it wasn't as bad <laughs> as the Newcastle goal against Brighton last week. I mean, that was a freak mm, of nature, yeah. that mm, one. Mm, mm. But it, it almost took the same sort of route. But look, they all count, and the, the record shows 2 1 win. Thank you. Never forget Clint Hill's ghost goal. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but that, should I, have its own podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I think the what, what you know, staying on Warner. I mean, it was. It, I, I think. I don't know. Some people are saying we should have done more at the beginning to acknowledge him um, rather than just say uh, welcome back to Neil Warnock and then a little round of applause. I mean, I, I'm not so sure really. What more do you want? Well, I mean, he is. I, I was having a heated debate with the people that I came with whether or not he he was a one of whom you know was not a QPR fan, but. W- whether he's not a, a legend or is a legend or whatever. I mean, I consider him someone that has, you know, he was blessed the time, whether it's him or not, whether it was Adele or him or man management or whatever, there was some remarkable times under his tenure. I think the interesting thing, whether this is old news, please feel free to... Fake news, old news. Exactly, whether it's fake news, sad. <laughs> um, you know, uh, the, I don't know if it's uh, true, but that uh, he had said that it was Les that kiboshed his application for the job. Yeah. It didn't exactly... I mean, what I, I, my understanding was that he... I mean, he, when he came back to QPR for that second period, the initial... He, he was adamant that, he, you know, he wasn't going to... He didn't want the job mm. full-time. Uh, mm. full mm. um, and then, then he just started, started to change his mind a little bit. Mm. And then um, I, I think the day after... Okay, was it we beat? I can't remember. We beat somebody, and then the day after, Les, Les told him that Tasselbank was coming in. Mm. Warnock always says he doesn't want a job, and every job's his last job in football, though, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, he did. It was quite nice at the end. He, he applauded all I, four I, sides. I thought of the it ground. was completely in proportion and appropriate. You know, yeah, yeah. we are playing his team, but there no, was no, a no, nice no, welcome for him at the beginning. Like dodgy happened, but, but I think it's interesting for like now that you have this kind of like slight time warp when you've got you've got. You know Holloway and Warnock there, both as the kind of old guard, but yet also still duking it out on the sidelines. The, I mean, I'm not the, saying that they have any great personal rivalry, by the way. I'm just talking about in ter- there's a lot of um, shared the, <laughs> history. The, there, there was a hilarious moment towards the end where Kublock sang "Warnock, give us a wave," and, and Holloway yeah, replied. Yeah, yeah. But I was thinking about this when it said "quickly," you can mishear that Warnock, Ollie. No, Give us away. No, what I mean, from well, the other side of the yeah, stadium? I, I, 
Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I only hear the he's not going to. He's not going to clap knowing that it's Warnock. Give us no, away. No, yeah. No, that's true. Um, let's talk about um, the fiftieth anniversary. Um, because we're going to be talking to Roger Morgan in a few minutes, um, and the celebrations or, or commemorations on Saturday. I, I, I thought the club, I thought it was great. Mm. I thought it was yeah. great, everything they did. Um, the white kit seems to have gone down well. I know there's... Well, uh, now we've lifted the curse on it. We That's, have. Yeah. <laughs> that was. <laughs> Does anybody know, outside of the, the cup final and the Cardiff game, have we played in white other than those two occasions, don't think so. Um, I, I, I think um, we had an all-white kit, third kit, a couple of years ago, didn't we? The, the, the oh yeah, Nike. Yeah, and there was also a compact kit that was white. But they, yeah, they oh, always had a bit of blue in or a bit of something I think, else. I think the they? white kit had black shorts or something. Yeah, but it, it, was, it wasn't all white. But we certainly had a white shirt. But the we first were, year we came back, we up. were playing in hoops up until the final in '67, and then we played in the white kit. That was the, the cup final kit. I'm not. Qu- I'm not quite sure why it was. We played in white. Presumably because West Brom's colours are similar no. to us because they didn't play in their. No, kit they played either. in red. West Brom played in red. We lost. Uh, we lost the man himself. I think it was like the '82 cup final, wasn't it, where Spurs and QPR played in their away kits. Yeah. Because Spurs played in the yellow and we played in the red, didn't we? So I think it was like it's that. It's weird because this is the days before, way before like it was standard to have that as a marketing. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't part of your budget. Well, there was not sell. even a badge on. There was no badge on either kit. In the cup think. final, you normally toss a coin and whoever wins plays in the home kit. That's how it. That's how it works yeah. normally. But. Anyone get a, a commemorative white kit? No, no. I, I looked. On, I looked on eBay. Just not that I wanted to buy one, but I did. Left a bit of a sour taste that there was some on eBay with it while the match was still going on. Pretty much, you know. It's um, not right. Not, they shouldn't be on eBay. And it, there was one that was like two hundred quid. You know, gone past two hundred quid already. And I was like, well. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I didn't get one. I couldn't, I couldn't get down the ground that early. And it's a shame. It's a nice, it's a nice kit, but well, they sold out those kits, did they? So they did sell out, and it was six, sixty-six pounds. Is that how much it 66 was? Pounds, sixty-seven. Okay, there you go. I think half of it went to the Forever Ours Club. Yeah, um, but that's nice. That's a nice initiative. That's exactly. I mean, I feel like the efforts that the club are going towards you know really putting some foundations in uh, of recognizing our own history our own heritage and building that stuff up is working and that has to be applauded because for too many years it has felt like sometimes people and events or whatever has slipped through the cracks well this is it i mean when briatori and co came in they sort of like ripped the rung from underneath this took all the all the seats from the season ticket holders in south africa road and made it into their little den with 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 blankets that no one ever sits in um, and you know that horrible badge. So I think, yeah, gradually, piece by piece, the club. Are, you know, anyone here ever watched a game of football with a blanket on their legs? No. no. And I never bought a single piece of merch with that badge. No. <laughs> I waited either. until it went and pretended it never happened. Yeah, I, I bought a shirt this year for the first time since I had <laughs> to get my I mean. daughter stuff. But you know, yeah, for myself. No. And that's the reason why my daughter was born at the exact time. I waited for the badge to change, and I said, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, like, like how you, you said, Henry, you know, that the club have made real efforts in recent years. Chris, I don't know if you remember, but we had Mark Lazarus on a couple mm-hmm. of years yeah. ago, and he was not a happy bunny. We, we, we also had him on, on our bonus podcast last week, and if you haven't listened to it, it's a great interview with, with, with Clive Whittingham. And, and I say this with the hugest amount of respect for him. He is a little bit of a... It was a bit. Be- it was better in my day, merchant. Mm. However, even given that, 
He basically said when we spoke to him two years ago, I've not really been that involved in the club since. They've kind of forgotten me and he wasn't very happy about it. And it was it was great to see him there. I know he's been back several times recently to hear him on the pitch at half time at the weekend. Um, and so he seemed very happy and very honoured by the whole occasion. And I think Henry's right. The club have made real efforts um, in this area, and I thought I thought it was it was fantastic everything that was done on Saturday. Yeah, look, I think that the way the way the club are now organising it, it, it's it's much much better than what it was. It's just a shame that the the shirts have become another divisive issue that some are using to to, to throw stuff at the club. You know, it, it's just unfortunate that um, you're talking about that they've that, gone on eBay yeah, and that people that, are upset not about the that club's because, fault. Yeah. Um, you know, people are going to do that. Um, but it's just another. It's unfortunate that that's become another divisive issue. Back to the stuff on the pitch. Look, I think it was great. You know, bringing every, all the family out, um, and the way that they've um, uh, commemorating it, I think is a great thing. Uh, and um, yeah, I think the club should be applauded for a change. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's talk more now uh, with Roger Morgan. Hi, Roger. How are you? Uh, very well, thank you. How did you enjoy that reception Saturday? I think it was uh, fantastic. It was uh, a reception that um, I, I didn't expect. I knew there was going to be a reception, but it, it was tremendous. There was a great atmosphere there. Um, the people were so kind. Um, meeting past people before, um, you know, and seeing them now, um, it was fantastic. The, the, whole, the whole place treated us so well. And... What was? How often do you get down to Loftus Road these days? Well, we live in Waltham Abbey, which is quite a distance away, and uh, uh, not very often. Uh, both my both my children work at football clubs, and uh, um, going to see that you know we go and see their teams if we can, um, and we've got grandchildren, and <laughs> we go and see the grandchildren when we can. So, um, I, I, we, I think we've been about five or six times this year. Oh, well, that's not bad. That's Which is not too bad. Not, not too bad. And um, before we get on to um, all the stuff about 1967, uh, what did you make of the current team? How did you think, what did you think of the game on Saturday? The game has changed so much. Um, the game is so quick. Um, you know, you, you can always say, um, you know, or we, we were talking about could we play in it um, the present day. Um, I would love to think we could, but um, it's going to be, I think we would need a little bit more fitness. <laughs> and uh, I think we've got the skill to play in it. Yeah. Um, but the game does change. Um, the way the tactics are different. And um, I, I just felt that uh, um, the game was a, a good game, but there was more in, the ball was more in the air and on the floor. And in our day, uh, Alex Stockton obviously said, look, you know, you've got a lot of confidence. You're top of the third division or, or you know, we were virtually nearly top of the third division. Um, just play the game. And we played the game and uh, obviously benefited from that. OK, well, um, I'm going to take you back to 1967 now and, and the, the League Cup. I mean, obviously the whole season was fantastic, but the League Cup final in particular... I mean, I don't. What was the biggest ground you played at before Wembley? Before Wembley, um, I, I would say Leicester, probably. Yeah. You know, I mean, don't forget, you know, playing in the third division, there are different grounds of different standards, 
and uh, but playing in a, a first division pitch or first division team um, made a big difference. And going to Wembley, it was just the being at Wembley. I mean, let's be honest, a third division side doesn't think often they're going to get to Wembley, um, but we got there um, on uh, playing very well all the year and very much motivated. Um, by the thought of playing at Wembley. Yeah, and so so ninety seven thousand. What what was it like walking out there after? Oh, not... unbe- it was unbelievable. You you can't imagine it. You know, you're looking around. It's terrible. You're looking around for different people that you recognise. <laughs> uh, Upton Park, uh, not Upton Park. I mean, at to the ground where we were at Loftus Road. You know. You could, I could take a corner and I could talk to the people on the on the other side of the fence. But at <laughs> Wembley, it's so big. Um, you feel a bit, a bit lost, but you know, you you forget it. You forget it and get on with it, basically. And we we were playing so well as a third division side, and I don't think. I mean, we, as you're probably aware, we we didn't play well in the first half. We played poorly in the first half, mm-hmm. um, and you know, after half time, we went out there and we just played, and, and our confidence was. Uh, um, very good on that particular afternoon. Were any of the players overawed, Roger? Before the game, I don't game? think so. I think we, you know, when you're when you're when you're in the third division and you've won so many games, you're so confident. You're very very confident in what you can do. Yes, we're playing players that are first division players, but at the end of the day, it was eleven against eleven. And yes, we're two 0 down, but we all we had self belief, and that belief. Um, came to fruition but you know you've got to have your chances and you've got to take the chances I know first division teams um, took them probably more quicker than what a third division side they might have third division side might have two or three opportunities Um, but you know on that particular day we had our opportunities and scored the goals Hi Roger I mean you said that the team was going in full of confidence but that must have been quite some half-time discussion going on you know you you accepted that you know we didn't play particularly well first half yeah. uh, at, you know in front of that massive crowd despite the fact you were full of confidence what did the manager say to get you guys to, to go out second half and give it a go and, and ultimately end up winning I think, I think he, he, he felt the same you, you know we played you know I mean, it, it was March you play you start the season um, you know, three or four months before that. And if you're playing well and you continue to play well and the camaraderie between all the players is there, don't forget there was five or six young players and there were some senior players. And the senior players and, and the young players just gelled together and we played we played so well in the second half. And, and I think Alex Stock... You know, he knew that we could, what we could do. He knew that we didn't play well in the first half. I mean, I could, you could say that, you know, the ta- the tactics, um, they weren't there. It was just go out and enjoy it, you know, and um, prove that you can be a winner. Was was Alex the kind of manager in in, in at that time? That threw teacups around, or was he just a, no, a kind no? Of... He was a man manager. He was a lovely, lovely man. He was a man manager. I mean, uh, you know, as a young player um, going through the ranks, 
um, it, it, it was just nice being able and being appreciated and being helped along um, by the, the, the staff that were working at that particular time. And um, he, I don't, I don't remember him shouting. I don't remember. I can't see him throwing anything away, at people or throwing a boot at somebody or something like that. That wasn't Alex Stock. He was a man manager, and he gave us so much confidence. So on Saturday, obviously, we all saw um, uh, all the uh, members of the team that were still alive and uh, their families sure. and everything. How how long has it been since? Um, you guys all got together and do, do you still stay in touch or, you know, is there much of a kind of, uh, I suppose, team spirit still uh, still going? I think the team spirit's there wherever you are, but the trouble is we a lot of players went to different areas and, mm. and live in different places and it's very difficult to, I mean, uh, Keith Sanderson was in South Africa uh, for a long while and, and players are down in Devon and things like that and we've got families now and we've got our own... Gra- children and then we've got our grandchildren and they're so important to us um but nevertheless going to a game um meeting them was absolutely frank you know fantastic i mean frank sibley as a 15 year old played in the first team the brother and i at 16 played in the first team so yes we were very close then but because we've all grown up now and we're in a we're just i'm 70 and um you know, Frank is 69, so um, they've got their their children and grandchildren, and, and I'm sure they're, they're watching like my parents did. Absolutely. Us. But on the pitch, you must have looked around and seen a group of faces that you haven't seen in all in one spot for so many years. It must have been yeah. quite mind-blowing. It, 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 I mean, it's such a shame. I mean, you, you know, five players there... And, you know, we've all, we've all gone through it, gone through the mill um, with different complaints. Mm. And, um, but, you know, we're, we're there. We, we are, we're a family. And that family, be it small or be it a big family, um, but the big family comprised of all the, re- all the relations and, and friends uh, of those players. And it was lovely to see Mike Keane's two sons, um, Jimmy Langley's two sons, you know, grandsons as well. I mean, it was it was so good. It was so good. I thought it was great. I thought it was very moving. What did you think of the uh, all-white strip that the oh, team wore was, on it Saturday? It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I think it was a great tribute. I, I, I was so emotional, you know, going out on the field, standing there, when we clapped the um, players that, uh, you know, who weren't there um, before the game started, very, very emotional, and then when we went out at half time being clapped onto the onto the uh, uh, field um, oh, I was so emotional over it and i mean we 're talking fifty years ago um, i'm still i 'm seventy years old and i 'm very emotional over over that. It was a fantastic club um, and i 'll always say that it, you know I think they treated us fantastically well. Well, that's that's brilliant to hear. I mean, we were saying something similar earlier on. Um, I, I was going to, as I said earlier on. I mean, you didn't just win the league cup in 1967, which in itself was a phenomenal, phenomenal thing to do, um, given that we were third division, West Brom were the holders. Um, yeah. But we also won the title. I just wondered, out of the two, which which gave you greater satisfaction, or is that not a question you can answer really? I think it's, uh, it's very difficult because you play forty. 
46 games um, to, win, to win a trophy, you know, and, and one, or it's one game to get in the cup final. I think it was just a... I, I, I never doubted it, really. You know, when, when we were going on the cup run, to get to Wembley was to get to Wembley. If we won or lost, uh, you know... Yes, you're going to be sad if you lose, and great if you won. But I, I think probably um, the the league winning the league um, was the, you know the hardest thing to do. But, but we played so well during that uh, um, the 46 games, and um, the one game at um, the as the cup final. We 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 did our uh, you know did what we wanted to do at that cup final. We didn't play well, as I said. We didn't play well in the first half, but we played certainly a lot better in the second half. And we were still enjoying it, whether we were winning or losing. But it's much better when you uh, enjoy it when you're playing well. And of course, you scored what was the first ever goal in a league cup final at Wembley to get yeah, us back in. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people said it hit my head and went in, but, uh, um, you know, I, when, when, I, when we were, used to have training days, uh, the training day, I always, we, Mark Lazarus and I, were, people were, were told by Alex Dock to go at fullbacks and cross the ball. You go, and when you cross the ball, you go to the near post or far post. And that's what I did. It, you know, I, I, there was a space. I, I ran into it. The ball came over Rodney Marsh's head, and I was there to head it in. So I was, I'd done what I was told in some respects. Good on you. Um, just one last quick question. Is, is it true that you and your brother used to have different haircuts so people could tell which one was which? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm 70, as I said to you, I'm 70 now. Um, I still have to find out if, what my brother is wearing uh, looking like um, because we wanted our own identities Brilliant. and it's very hard if you're identical twins to get your own identity because your mannerisms are the same your clothes are the same your cars are the same um, the only difference is I've still got my wife uh, of 49 years and he's had a couple of marriages but they were both hairdressers when we married them <laughs> <laughs> and did you ever play any tricks? No, it's, it's just, it's, hasn't, hasn't That's changed. Why you married you know? them? I'm still. I still house. said to him when we were, were going up to the ground, "What are you wearing? <laughs> You're not going to wear what I'm going to wear." That's brilliant. But did you ever play any tricks where one pretended to be the other one? Yes, often. Did you? <laughs> o- often. It, amazing. It was amazing. I, I, when, you, when I used to sign some autographs, I had to look at them to make sure I, it was the one I was signing was me. Because <laughs> I, I've, on many occasions, I've signed the wrong one. Um, because, you know, you can't help it. You look the same. You had the same... If you're, if you're playing in a game, you'll have the same shirts on and shorts and socks. Yeah. Um, if you're looking the opposite way a little bit... Our mannerisms were exactly the same, and uh, whether I'm signing it for myself or or, or signing Ian, um, it was a little bit difficult. Brilliant, brilliant. Roger, thank you so much. That was an absolutely brilliant interview. Brilliant to catch up with you. And, um, well, on behalf of all, all QPR fans and our listeners, first of all, it's fantastic to hear what uh, a memorable experience you had on Saturday. I think that will make a yep. lot of people very happy. Um, and it, all it remains is for me to say thank you from, from all QPR fans because 
um, the whole team is will obviously and has gone down in QPR folklore. But you're the one who kicked it off or headed 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 it off. It's nice, it to, be, it it's off. nice to be able to say, you know, someone saying that and people were saying that that they're so gracious at QPR. Q and A that we had a Q and A. Eighty um, percent of the people that came to the Q and A were people that had come to the Cup final. Um, whether those 80% were, you know, they're, they're not of 70 and 80 years old. Um, they are, were young kids that had come to the cup final with their parents and then gone to that Q&A. And they were, they were, it was, they were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Great. Well, look, this has been, it's been a fantastic week for everyone, not least you and um, all, all the other members of the 67 team. So thank you for sharing your memories with us, Roger. And please do come on again soon. Lovely. Thank Th- you very much. Thanks, Thanks, Roger. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. I think that's worth a little clap. Um, yeah, that, that was really uplifting, actually, that interview. I, I, I really enjoyed that, hearing from him. And you know, you know what struck me? Well, two things struck me. First of all, <laughs> how young was that team? <laughs> Yeah. Frank Sibley's 69 now. He's 70. His brother who was on the bench is 70. They were all they were yeah. all kids. Yeah. Um but but the main thing that I kind of thought of from that was well first of all the club do need to take a lot of credit and I know there's various people that have been instrumental in that. But but the one name that keeps popping up from people is Andy Sinton. Mm. Uh, particularly with Forever Ours. Um is that his initiative? Well, I don't know if it's his initiative or not, but I know he's extremely influential. In, in um, he's a big part of the whole Forever Ours initiative, and 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 he does a lot um, to kind of make ex players feel welcome. And I think it's maybe a year and a half, two years since the club brought him on in that ambassadorial role. And I really do think, I really do see that it's starting to make a difference because we've seen it on the podcast. We did have players two, three years ago saying, ah, don't, don't really go down QPR anymore. Haven't it really got any connection. It used to be a regular theme of it, people exactly. you'd interview. Yeah. Um, so I think Andy Sinton deserves a share of the credit for that at the very least. Well, I think it's a, a lot of it is to do, I mean, for, for years we were saying, you know, need more QPR people for want of a better mm. word. In, and... and We've definitely got a few in now, uh, not least in the dugout. But it was interesting what he did say about the ball uh, being in the air for quite a long time after we just had that discussion. Yeah. Uh, and as I said, it, it was a fair point from Warner because, you know, it, it, you know, there is a tendency to chuck it in the air a bit. But we, we, we also played it, play, and we played it Reading, we didn't chuck it up in the air. At Newcastle, we played it on the floor. Um, I think you've just got to adapt. I don't think it was. I don't think it was deliberate on, Gar- on Saturday against Cardiff. I think it was in the air, but by accident. You know, not by, by accident. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't a, a deliberate strategy designed to. You know, I, I think the Andy Simpson thing is is a metaphor for how the club are going about things off the pitch now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think there's there's a lot of improvements that are being made behind the scenes, uh, and Andy is just one of the the public facing parts of that, if you like, and. Uh, and I think you know, a couple of years ago, well, last year on Tiger Feet 7, Andy did most of the walk, didn't he? I think. Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, and he's really engaging and you know, he's passionate about the club. Uh, and that is clearly coming through. And I think he's doing a tremendous job. Uh, 
Now, talking of, of, of other things off the pitch, um, did you see the financial results were published this yeah. week or were made available? Yes. Was, were they legally published or did someone just like apply for a Freedom of Information I, I, Act? No, I think they just became visible on Companies right. House, didn't they? Yeah. As they yeah. usually yeah. do. Yeah. No Russian hackers here. No. <laughs> which, if anyone missed them, the summary, which was written brilliantly by Nile Rogers on uh, Nile Rogers. Nile Rogers. Nile Rogers of Sheik. That was is his name. Right, right. I didn't N-I-L-E. even think about that. It, no, Nile is in sort of. Is it the Irish way? N I A double L. That's a disappointment. No, it's not Nile. That's a disappointment. <laughs> but no, it is. I'd not even thought about that. That would be amazing. I mean, if Nile Rogers of Sheik did the summary on Twitter. Can we get a pun? Can we get a pun of the sixty-seven Cup final and Sheik as the title of the podcast? Just the just the eleven million pound loss. Last year, which, which, which actually, as as he made the point, if you're a rich benefactor, that's basically a hobby. We've turned it from Guilty. a liability, <laughs> yeah. a liability into a hobby. Um, losses are down from yeah, eleven million from forty six million, which isn't bad. Twelve million pound from player sales, and the wage bill halved pretty much, nearly halved from sixty three million to thirty six million. Well, that's what happens when you get rid of a bunch of 80 grand a week players who are on £4 million a year. You get yeah. rid of three of them and you knock £12 million off, don't you? And someone that's a sensible CEO as well. Indeed, indeed. Um, and, and that's before the January transfer window where uh, presumably, I mean, you know, because we've been paying them up until January, so we got rid of a few more there. I, yeah, I can't, I, I think it's before that. Yes, it is. Um, net liabilities down from 205 million to 10 million because of the share write-off. The owners have written off 180 million, which is rather a lot, but it, it's led to the lowest loss for eight years. And the thing that I, the thing that stuck out at me, which I've barely seen talked about, although it has been talked about a little bit, is do you know that Tony Fernandez is not our majority shareholder? Yes, I saw that. It's Ruben, isn't it? It's Ruben. Pronounce his surname. Uh, yeah, uh, oh, Henry. It's, it's, you're, you're the Shrinin. storyteller. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's Ruben Ham. Um, um, he now owns over half the club. Uh, uh, and the Mattels only own seven percent. That's interesting because I mean, I if you if you stuck him in an identity parade, not many people would be able to pick him out, would they? Aren't they the best type of owners? No, I agree. I agree. But Tony Fernandez, I mean, he was he was tweeting again on Saturday, wasn't he? Not too bad this time. So wait, but is that a recent switch? Are you saying that or has that always been the case? No, it hasn't always been the so case. When we, but it's is that a recent? Between the publication of the last set of accounts and this set of accounts, his shareholdings gone up to fifty one percent. Tony Fernandez and, and Cameroodin, is it? Own forty percent, forty one percent. Yeah, and the Mattel's interesting, he's gone down to seven percent, is that right? Yes, I believe so. Uh, but but again, I mean I hadn't heard much from Amit, but he was he was quite active on Twitter on Saturday saying, you know, what a great win it was and I think um, Amit's still a fan, clearly. Mm. Um, yeah. uh, but that, I think that Amit's shareholding isn't isn't a huge surprise. I think that's generally known that it's been going down. But but yeah, look, you know, Ruben is it sounds like he's the kind of majority shareholder that, you know, likes to stay out of the spotlight. I, I don't think you can begrudge Tony Fernandez having a bit of a go back on Twitter occasionally after some of the abuse he gets, but he perhaps does some. He's not quite Trump-like in his <laughs> early morning and, and late night Twitter rants, but you know sometimes they are ill ill-timed and and he gets a bit more sick as a consequence of it. But no, Ruben's going about it the right way, um, and, and I don't think the numbers actually got as much no. uh, press or, or discussion on social media as as they perhaps should. Look, the numbers are still big, yeah, you know, for a business, but you know if you compare it to where we were. 
two years ago, you know, we're no longer a basket case. No. We're just, uh, you know, we, the numbers are getting smaller all the time. Lee Hoos, one of the best signings of the last two years? Or, or am I, am I, I going no, OTT? I, I, I think so. As, uh, uh, absolutely, I think so. Again, you know, he, he did part of the Tiger Feet 7 walk and, uh, and speaking to him, you know, one-on-one, he's a sensible guy. He has some, some you know, proper plans for the football club that I think we've been missing mm. over the, the boutique years. And, uh, and absolutely, he's been <laughs> one of the most important signings we've made. <laughs> look, I think you look at clubs like Leighton Orient who are in all kinds of trouble oh, at the moment. Uh, and you think, well, we're grateful to sort of have a, set, a, 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 a level of management that seems to be running the club properly. Uh, especially and given how, sorry, especially no, no. given how close we came to, like, there's been so many opportunities for us to absolutely implode or explode or whatever, and somehow to have gotten to the uh, absolutely lucky Just position. the £11 million pound in debt. Well, yeah, no, you're that, right. But that no, is but, like, you yeah. know, a drop in the ocean compared to where what the yes. amount that we used to yes, be hemorrhaging every year. So it's kind of blessed that we're at least taking steps in the right direction. And there were whispers also this week that FFP is going to be finalised soon. I mean, how... I am convinced that that was finalised months, if not okay. over a year ago. But it's, this is, is totally this my own theory. FFP? So yes. This is like Article yes. 50. Yes. No. Yeah. They're this just never triggering totally it. Totally my own theory. I have nothing to back <laughs> it up. I am convinced this was settled a long time ago and it's subject to a confidentiality agreement it's because nobody talks about it anymore. Yeah. There's never an update from the club. So do you think that that is the, in those figures then? Oh, oh could, in be. There could be. Could be. the FFP. But given all the, all the crap we were given over this, it'd be interesting to see what uh, you know, happens to... You mean as a club? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, hung out to dry a bit. But interesting to see what Aston Villa's accounts, for instance, next season. Oh. Middlesbrough, if they come mm. down. Because, um, I, I, yes, we obviously made a lot of bad decisions. But, like I say, I, 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 I don't... You know the stick we got for it, uh, and, and other clubs don't seem to be getting anywhere no. near as bad as no. We well, other clubs have had uh, transfer embargoes and things placed on them. We haven't, and that's why Forest fans are so upset with the fact that we appear to have gone without censure, and, and others have had um, transfer embargoes. So, uh, yeah, there's certainly a, a confidentiality clause there. But let's see how it comes out. Maybe it's the red nap factor, as in like there's certain things that we did over that period that were real, like putting our heads above the parapet. Yeah. Who was the guy that came on oh, transfer deadline day? Oh, and uh, Odem Wingy. Why did yeah. I pronounce, give him a German pronunciation? Yeah. Odem Wingy. Thank you yes. for your official yes. German pronunciation. Yes. yes. But like, I'm talking about stuff like that. Like there was some, bo- you know, everyone knows, bo- absolutely bonkers moves yeah. going around left, right and centre that mean, that is exactly the kind of reason why we get got so much stick for that yeah. period. And now Redknapp's doing those Sainsbury's adverts. Have you seen them? Online with his... The, the, the it's ones a classy they move. Dance. It's the least that he deserves. What? Doing those with his daughter-in-law, with uh, Louise Redknapp. Redknapp's in, in the... He in, needs to pay uh, for his yeah. wife's medical yeah, bills after true. he ran her over. So his knee's <laughs> okay now. Yeah, yeah, his knee's fine. Um, <laughs> let's do ours end. Before we, before we talk about Barnsley briefly, let's do ours end, which is anything and everything that you haven't brought up. Yeah, I will do mine whilst giving you time to think. Um, and, and we'll come to you first, Chris, after me. So, Thanks. two things. First of all, um, we mentioned this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Harry, our esteemed engineer, is 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 not going to be with us oh. next season. Um, so up. we're looking for a replacement. Yeah, we're looking for we're looking for a, our own Peter Odemwingi <laughs> to engineer the podcast. 
Um, basically, what he does is he sits in front of a laptop and he pr- he goes on the internet throughout the podcast, pretending that we don't realise he's on the internet, looking at whatever he's looking at. You porn. But during, <laughs> during he is, of course, he's on the internet. But he also twiddles a few knobs on the mixing desk and helps oi, oi. provide you with this podcast. So. If you know a bit about that, or even if you don't, but have, let's say, a bit of a technical knowledge, please get in touch, um, because we need some help from the start of next season. The other one is, we have no details on our live podcast yet, apart from to tell you it is, we are doing a live podcast, which we've done the last five or six years, at the end of the season. The date for your diary is the 9th of May, Tuesday the 9th of May, after the Norwich City game, which is the last game of the season. Um, and it's going to be at the um, the the good ship, isn't it? In Kilburn, the good That's ship. Yeah, the good yeah. ship. Um, so put that date in your diary. More details available soon. Chris. Yes. Okay. Um, well, first of all, uh, I want to mention the Tiger Cups. You mentioned uh, Tiger Feet Seven a couple of times. There, Tiger Feet Eight is coming up on the 18th. Uh, when we're going to be walking to um, Loftus Road from the training ground, as previously mentioned, because. All the, the, the few clubs that are in London in our division, all the games are moved to Friday night or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, as, it's a great cause. Um, the, the, the money all goes directly to the kids. Um, we've raised thousands thousands over the years. Um, and if you, if you would like to help us, go to uh, just Google Feet. Google Feet. Google Tiger Feet 8. Feet. Or the button, there's a button on our homepage ah. now. So you can go to our website, qprpod.co.uk, and there is a Tiger Feet button. You press like big kind of banner ad. You press on it, and it will take you through to the fundraising well, even page. Better. Either or, either or. Um, so please support that. And second thing was, yeah, going back to the Bernabeu, or the Bernabeo, as, as you pronounce it. Please, please, Bernabeu. Yeah, okay. Please. All of your pronunciations are spot on. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you, Henri. Odrum Wenger. What, what struck me was that, because um, we were up, we were up near the ultras, and and they they even went three one behind. Um, they were singing, and it was orchestrated singing with some bloke at the front with a microphone, mm. and the drummer and all the rest of it. But they sang throughout. But nobody else sang, even even when they scored two late goals. The people next to us, and they were singing all these like obviously famous Real Madrid songs. Everyone else just sat with their arms folded. It just struck me as quite a false <laughs> sort of atmosphere. Mm. I mean, Loftus Road, I know, you know, you go through fits and spurts, you know, and it's Q block that gets people going, the R block, and everyone else joins in. And then when we, when, it's, when we score, then like, everyone goes in. But it just, just seemed like a really sort of false atmosphere. And, you know, and, and going back to Loftus Road, it was, the Bernabeu was obviously fantastic. But it was really... I thought you were joking. You weren't joking. No, it was, yeah. it, 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 no, it was great. But it was great to be, you know... But it wasn't Loftus Road. No, I, was, I left Loftus Road happier than I did the Bernabeu. So there you go. God bless us, everyone. Yeah. Mark? <laughs> um, I, I think it's... We might touch on it and barnage in a moment, but I think we found out today that the referee on tomorrow night is the same guy that we had at Blackburn. Um, and, of course, the... Uh, Infamous um, was an over the line goal. I know it's not his fault, but I think my is that Glenn Hill's goal? No, 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 no. The recent one, one. season, oh, right. a yeah. couple of weeks ago. But I, actually, my point was the referee on 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 Saturday. I thought was really good in an age where referees are getting a lot of stick for it's being true. quite poor. Mm. I think, and that was his first game at the Championship as well. Uh, mm. I think he handled it really well. And the second point to that was when I was growing up, my parents always used to say. You know you're getting old when the police officers look young. Mm-hmm. How young do the linesmen <laughs> look these days? Yeah, <laughs> they are getting younger and younger. I think yeah. the guy on our side, on, on the paddock side, was about 14 years old. And, and standing up to Warnock, giving him grief for most of the game, 
is some effort. So I know the referees are getting a bad bad stick at the moment, but I think the guy we had on Saturday was really good. It's good to give some positive feedback. Yeah. No, sorry, I was just stunned there. <laughs> You're potentially the first person that's ever been on this podcast <laughs> and spoke up in favour of referees. But no, listen, I think, I think it's a really good point. Shh. I think it's a really great point. Uh, Henry? Well, I mean, can I, I, now you've got me started on referees. Was that your whole point about referees? No, 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 no. Okay, I've got a side point, which is that I, for one, have been... You might want to edit this out. I, for one, have been enjoying the um, Premier League show on BBC, right? Which is not Match of the Day. It's the one that's on the, on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why I've realised why I've been enjoying that is because it's what Match of the Day used to be before they had to spend the entire of the allocated hour and a half or whatever, talking about possible penalties, possible Ooh. fouls, possible offsides. The moment football releases itself from the shackles of not including technology, we will all be spared the <laughs> nonsense of Alan Shearer's furious face <laughs> shouting shite. <laughs> all right? And, and, you know, rugby has it, cricket has it. There's loads of sports. It's not, it's not rocket science. I know next year the championship is getting goal line technology. That is the bare minimum. You know, why not have referrals or TMO or whatever they call it in rugby? I know it's controversial, but we can all save ourselves. It's got a bit less A hell fun. of a lot of heart <laughs> attacks and basically hot air if we just bring that in. The second thing is, yeah. Barnsley, tomorrow night, always worth... Remembering it's 20 years since Trevor Sinclair's well, yes, Wonder Girls. Absolutely, yes. So I was there. I was there. I wasn't. I wasn't. I, I wasn't. And uh, I used to be, you know, I had blonde curly hair and I've had dark hair ever since. It changed me <laughs> in every single way. I was a new man. Which leads us on to Barnsley. How are we going to do tomorrow night? You can, you can start us off, Henry. How are we going to do? Um... I, don't, I, I literally have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not sure about this You mean one. my prediction? Yes. One all. I'm not sure about it because they are... I think it's pretty... The championship, particularly the top six, is, is almost done now. Very early on. Fulham can sort of still make it, but, but most of them are locked in. Don't but you feel like they're punching, by which I mean punching above their weight, yes, Barnsley? Yes. So therefore... But, and they are one of two or three clubs, I think, um, them, Derby, um, Preston, Norwich, who still think they can probably make it. So I'm a little bit worried about tomorrow. It's like and saying so, that we weren't all, all, like, a lot of QBR fans mathematically working out that we could still make it. Well, only like no, two no, weeks but ago. Barnsley actually can. Generally, if you're in and around yeah. one point a game, you've got a chance. And I think Barnsley are 10 points, maybe 11 points off with 11 games to go. So, as you know, whenever I'm worried about a game, I say one all. Yeah. Chris? So we're both on one all. Yeah. We're agreed on that. Yeah. Well, I think. Um, yeah, as we say, Ravel uh, looked like a little boy lost on, on Saturday. and uh, Not so little. <laughs> yes. Not, not so little, yeah. Um, so but I, a few I th- spicy meatballs. <laughs> I, I think he'll come on and uh, he'll score a dramatic late winner and he'll be uh. rewarded with that ice cream Ian Holloway's promising. <laughs> not that he needs any more. I like this. I like this. Mark? I think before we start, Barnsley, I think it's always good to see Derby's annual bottle job start quite early this year. So, uh, <laughs> no, they beat they beat Barnsley they beat, on they Saturday. They beat Barnsley, but there's still there's still uh, not many wins in, in in a few games. So that that's always nice to see. Shots fired. In, in, in terms of Barnsley, 
Look, yeah, they are a decent side. Um, uh, they're up there because they deserve to be. It worries me that I think Holloway's come out today and said that he's planning to make changes. I think it need changes from the starting eleven from Saturday. Um, it's what quite what team uh, is Freeman back from suspension? Yes, it's only, it's only it wasn't straight red, was it? So no, so I think he'll walk straight back in. Um, I, I think you know putting some more width to the team will play to Smith's and Washington's strength. So I think there'll be changes. It'll be tight. It would be lovely, wouldn't it, just for once to get a comfortable 2-0, 3-0, under no... But that never happens. And your days. prediction, sir? 2-1 yeah. uh, again. QPR. 2 QPR. Well, we'll take that. Um, thank you very much. Uh, to play out the podcast this week, we're going to do something slightly different. So, did you notice that during the halftime parade of the 96-7 players on Saturday, there was a familiar tune semi-familiar tune yeah. coming over the tannoy which was well I, I can't say it was our theme tune our theme tune is the bastardized version of that song so it was kind of the original of qpr qpr yeah. do you know who sings that do you know who's who vocal? the lead singer the lead vocal on that song on our theme tune qpr fan no ah. the lead the lead vocal elvis the lead vocal Philip on Collins. our theme tune is Mark Lazarus. Is it? No way. It is. Yeah. It is. So at some point after 1967, there was a track released called QPR The Greatest by Mark Lazarus with Queen's Park Rangers FC and supporters. Um, included in it is the verse sung by Mark Lazarus. We came out with Mike the Master, who was urging us to go, and then Roger went and headed us a goal. Rodney equalised soon after, then before the ref could blow, well, I headed yet another to the toll. It rhymes, I think, in, in the music. Rhyme. Great rhyme. Anyway, if I, you I, have... I, th- I think we should... They should play that before every QPR. Well... I, everyone seems to be... It seems to get everyone going a little bit. I think. Well, uh, so rather than our theme tune, our edited theme tune, this is the original to play out the podcast. Nile Rogers. QPR, <laughs> the greatest. Who'd have thought that we'd have done it? Who'd have thought that we'd be here? Who'd have thought that we'd be knocking back champagne? Who'd have thought that we'd have won it? Who'd have thought we'd get the cheer? When the final whistle blew, we'd won the game. QPR, that's greatest. QPR, that's greatest. We've Rangers are on the At the start they had us licked At half time we were feeling pretty grim Cos the two that got past Peter Blimey mate, they had him tricked But old Alex still felt sure that we could win QPR, they're the greatest QPR, they're the greatest Queen's Park Rangers are on the up and up All together QPR, they're the greatest QPR, they're the greatest Now we're heading for the European Cup We came out with Mike the Master, who was urging us to go, and then Roger Upton headed us a goal. Rodney equalised soon after, then before the ref could blow, well, I added yet another to the toll. QPR, they're the greatest. QPR, they're the greatest. 
Twitch Bot Rangers are on the up and up. QPR. Who have you got then? Well, there's Frank and Keith and Tony And Jim's not retiring yet There's Les Allen, Ronnie Hunt and Roger's twin With a team like that Not only can you flipping well get set But you bet your life will sure to bloody win Rangers are on the up and up. QPR.